1: we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116 123. That's 116 123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7 365 days of the year let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
2: Homesdale Radio is proudly sponsored by CompleteSigns.co.uk Complete Signs are a producer of top quality internal and external signs for an ever-expanding portfolio of clients, including hotels, schools, local authorities and small businesses across the nation. Offering a wide range of creative solutions from flat metal nameplates to neon fascia signs and everything in between. Clients are offered the highest standard in consultation and sales support to ensure complete customer satisfaction with clients free to choose solutions from a wide variety of materials including brass aluminium stainless steel wood and a number of plastics covering most of South England with virtual offices in Croydon Epsom Hawley Worcester Park in Surrey Crowthorne in Berkshire Regent Street West London Docklands East London and Crawley and Brighton in Sussex so if you're looking for the complete professional service for your sign needs, then look no further than Complete Signs. Head to their website, completesigns.co.uk for further information, including contact details and full office addresses.
0: Live commentary. Uh, Ball back with Companion in the centre of the field. I hope he plays a long raking pass. (laughs) He doesn't. He's found Dobby. Oh, again, he's tried to... Have you got a word for those short passes? Oh, I've got
3: a word for
4: that short pass, but um, <laughs> I may not say it. Live interviews. Yeah, I think that's where we'll be for, for the foreseeable future. You know, we work on some interesting things there.
5: And um, I think that redeveloping, redeveloping a bit by bit is probably going to be our best option.
0: Expert analysis. Hello and welcome to a special Homestyle Radio mini podcast. My name is Chris Hambling and I'm salivating for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> Well, most of the time anyway. Homestead
6: Radio. Good evening and welcome to Homesdale Radio. My name is Chris Hambling and I'm your host for tonight's show as we review a third consecutive Palace win to reach near mathematical safety with five games still to go. Joining me tonight are Nick Gillard. Hello. Hello. Albert Curley. Ears <laughs> out, Nice. Urban. I like it. And uh, we also have a show debut for a man joining us all the way from the United States of America. It's Patrick O'Connor. Hello, Patrick.
3: Good evening, everybody.
6: He's, he's much more sensible than I was. I did a stupid voice, but he sounded normal. Um, anyway, right. yeah, good stuff. The main, uh, the, the main topic of discussion for tonight will be that 1-0 victory at Sellers Park, with the sellout crowd again creating a top atmosphere to cheer the team on. We'll discuss in full the key moments of the match, and look how Tony Pulis has managed to organise and motivate the squad to a level we could only dream of we'll also be hearing from albert as he launches a tackle from behind once again and as well as our analysis we want to hear from you too get in touch on twitter it's at hol radio facebook is facebook.com forward slash hol radio or send us an email to radio at homestyle.net you can also visit the homestyle.net chat room during the show to talk about this opposite discussion with fellow listeners that's holradio.net forward slash chat first up it's news in brief
0: Get involved with the show. Email radio at homestale.net or call us on 0208 1234098. Homestale Radio. Voices for Palace Watch. Faces for Crime Watch. All the latest news from around <laughs> Sellers Park.
1: This is
0: News in 3.
6: Come, maybe just coughed over the news in brief music, Nick. Hmm. An incredible display by Dwight Gale saw him score five times as Palace romp to victory against Brentford in their final development league encounter of the season and keep their playoff hopes intact. The crushing victory at the KNK Stadium means that Palace occupy second position in the table after racking up five successive wins. Uh, but we'll need both Queen's Park Rangers and Bristol City to slip up in their final matches to reach the semi-final stage.
5: Crystal Palace have scooped a second consecutive performance of the week award quite rightly from the League Managers Association following a emphatic 3-0 victory over Cardiff City. Previously, the Eagles had won the award for a 1-0 display in the Triumph over Chelsea. Mm.
0: Brave. Brave,
2: brave. Homesdale Radio is brought to you in association with complete for all your sign-based needs. To receive a genuine 10% discount, mention you are listening to Homesdale Radio and get in touch today.
6: Right, now you know what to do with your sign-based needs, we're going to get on with the show. But uh, well, that would work better if I hadn't mispronounced the word show, wouldn't it? Uh, tricky. But uh, before we get into the view, I just want to have a quick chat with Patrick now. Patrick O'Connor is... Uh, um, well, how can I describe him? Mm, can you do justice yourself, Patrick? What do you think?
3: Well, I'm... a uh... Well, first, let me say thanks for inviting me onto the show. Oh, nice. I've listened to your show for th- over three years, and it's very difficult to get that um, connection with Palace when you're so far away. And you guys do a great job, so I really do appreciate it. Cheers, man. Nice one. Uh,
6: but obviously, I mean, part of the reason you're here is we're, tr- we're trying to get another, maybe a different little angle on, on how things are. And you mentioned pre-show that um, exactly that, trying to follow from, from, you know, so far away. Uh, well, first of all, t- well, where are you based? Let's, let's, let's get that
3: information. I'm, I'm in New York. Yeah, so
6: there you go, all the way in New York, which is an amazing Ooh, city. New York, um, but this it's an amazing guy. city. Hey, this guy. Uh, don't, sorry, Albert, you're um, you're making me go, you know, odd. Um, let me get my composure back. <clears throat> so yeah, obviously, all the way over there, you don't. That's seamless. You don't get um a huge amount of uh of, of pallet attention, I suppose, in the media. Although obviously with the Premier League, it's probably a bit, a bit more, but. Does it and it makes you? You were saying it probably makes you pay that little bit more attention to, to games. Would be that? I mean, you said you you watched the game twice now, and
3: yeah, yeah, it's, it's 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 just different. Like a quick background, I've been here for over thirty years now. So when I, I used to have been Thornton Heath, so I was very close to the ground. I go to every game when I could when I was a child, but my parents came over here, so I've been here for a long time. And when Palace were in, for instance, the Championship last year, it was very difficult to follow what was going on from a media standpoint because, like you just said. Premier League is very big um, everywhere, especially over here. The coverage over here now is incredible. Um, with NBC over here now, they a remarkable job with the Premier League. They absolutely cover every part of the league, so following Palace now is not a problem. So it's really it's such a different and so exciting to to be able to follow your favorite team and, and you know not actually be there. Yeah, and it
6: looks like obviously you'll get that same attention next year.
3: Um, well, that's what I'm hoping for.
6: <laughs> exactly oh, sounds like someone's walking up some stairs interesting i'll ignore that like a professional um i also want to have a quick chat with, with with all you guys before we get into review about this whole you know spying story that broke obviously the the story is such that someone gave um our you know our club the the cardiff lineup apparently a wrong cardiff lineup uh through connections with ian moody and vincent tan is doing his megalomaniac thing where he you know he appears to have complex about things and you know obviously what let's just get some thoughts if i start with you albert really um don't not not obviously not a huge amount and obviously watch what you say to a point but i mean it's insane isn't it
4: it's, it's bonkers but i would it, it's not a surprise really when you look at tan's history and the form he's had this season um does anybody think that even if it is true who gives a I've been t- uh, who gives a um, a hoot. Um, a legal. <laughs> it's it's legal. It's, yeah. it's not people. You yeah, know, people talking football. You know, yes. Yeah. It's, no, it's no different to scouting a team,
6: really, is no. it? I think that's what I think that's what came out of, of the discussion. Really, it was more a case of well, nothing untoward's happened. No law has been contravened, and it's not even anything that's morally incorrect. It's something that happens. You, you know, pe- people send out scouts to get match reports and to look at lineups, and if it any one of us could predict a lineup for the next game and probably get it within a couple of players for any other the teams in the Premier League. So yeah, uh,
3: my point is that I, I watched Pulis yesterday on Sky Sports and he had actually said, you could have picked my line-up for the last three matches been exactly the same. So what's the big deal? Yeah, <laughs> and that's how I feel about it. It's not that yeah, big of a deal.
4: If anything, it just highlights what a complete um, shower that the Cardiff... <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: exactly. exactly.
4: They've
6: actually...
5: Um, <laughs> They've sacked three people, haven't they? Um, I've
6: okay. seen it. Seen it was one. I didn't know if it got to three. I know, I know that they were looking more.
5: It's. It, I mean, it, it goes pr- back to um, Patrick talking about us being in the media more. Mm. We're, we're in the in media for ridiculous stuff now, aren't we? It's. Mm. You know, you look at the it's news now feed at the uh, bottom of the whole the whole page. That some of the stories we're linked with i mean the the, the classic case in point this week was um tony puller said in an interview um if somebody came in for the right offer for jason punchin then i'd i'd consider selling him now he's obviously been asked a question now suddenly all over the news this week his punchin will go for the right price
1: yeah i
6: know i i got a little bit uh i got into a bit of a heated discussion with uh, with mark of kroydon advertising i've got a lot of time and respect for mark i think he does a difficult job in difficult circumstances uh, there's a lot of pressure especially on local media because it's, it's a difficult thing to sell papers these days
5: you should uh try working on the packet. there's no <laughs> news there <laughs> oh, euphemism.
6: It's like i thought yeah. it was i don't really understand but um no look uh, a serious point it, it's it's difficult and obviously he had to get a story out of what was said I think there was more you know if you really wouldn't go for a sensational story I think you, you could argue that Tony Pulis was comparing Jason Punch and Gareth Bale in that same conversation but anyway like you know people you know people do this there is so much attention there is so much attention on Palace but this one I mean you can go back to Sean Derry leaking again to Palace leaking the lineup he you know apparently did by text leak the lineup for a Leeds game but but it happens like, day in, day out, and, and it does show the desperation at, at Cardiff. And yeah, they picked up a win win the other day. But I don't. I think it's fair to say that the majority of their fans' views were that it, you know, it didn't make them play badly, no matter what information we were given. Um, it didn't make them play as badly as they did, and and we had
5: an unchanged team, so it's, it's almost completely irrelevant. Nick, did anybody have that moment though, just for one or two seconds, where the the words points deduction went through your head. You thought <laughs> everything was going to be undone just for Absolutely. a moment.
3: Absolutely. As a Palace fan, it's all you think about is what's going to happen next. Yeah. No, exactly. I would have
4: thought that, but you saw what Sunderland got away with, with fielding an ineligible player. Yeah, well, I, I think, think that that's point. Got away with barely a slap on the wrist. So I, think they only, I
6: think they only picked up one point in all the games he played in. So <laughs> there's a limited amount of punishment they could have had, I suppose, but, no, you know, you know, we've we've said this a lot this season that you know typical Palace would be, we get a points deduction after being safe with five games to go or whatever so, you know, let's, I'm sure that won't happen. It it, it's an, it seems to be an increasingly laughable situation. So, um, but um, I, you know, I wonder what would happen um, if you did a tackle from behind about this subject. Out, but let, let's let's <laughs> see what happens.
7: right? My name's Albert and this is my tackle from behind. Live from the toilets at Cardiff City FC's training ground. I apologise in advance for the whispering. It's just I've been in this cubicle for over a week and nobody has clocked that my Welsh out of order sign is the most fraudulently written thing since Harry Redknapp's tax return. And now the whole place is on lockdown and I'm too scared to leave. Oh, that stinks. Anyway. In a week that saw Jose Mourinho sprint 50 yards down the touchline just to reiterate to Demba these that he still thinks he shoot despite the winning goal, Palace faced accusations from smart casual mad bastard Vincent Tan that they'd received inside info on Cardiff's lineup. Where he got that motion from, I couldn't possibly say. Oh, at a time where the Malaysian government faces huge criticism for withholding vital information, somebody in Tan, the man's organisation, seems all too happy to dish it out. Unfortunately for Cardiff, no amount of leaked information seems to provide the whereabouts of their missing defence. Oh, Moving on, Palace faced Villa in a relegation six-pointer and a victory would all but secure safety. Unfortunately they weren't showing it in the Cardiff toilets, but despite some appalling refereeing by everyone's favourite right-set-fred-tribute referee Mr Howard Webb, <coughs> Pal- oh, Palace came away with the win thanks to another punching goal and yet another wonder, saved from Spironi, the wimpy proof. Uh, uh, hang on, someone's coming. This toilet's out of order, boyo. Oh. Who's that in there, cubicle? Hi, mate, I won't be a minute. Who are you? What are you doing in there? shit myself, have you all? Uh, no, 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 I'm um, uh, I'm just taking a leak. Leak? Leak you say? Mr. Tan, I found the leak! He's in here! Samuel, he's in here! He's in here, quick! Shit! I better go. Um. Anyway, that's my tackle from behind. That's gonna have to wait. I've got to make a dash for it. Bye. There he is. Get him, boys.
6: <laughs> um. Well, I mean, it's interesting to know that there's some um, the security staff at Cardiff clearly are clearly Nigerian. So,
5: um, <laughs> in the in, in the chat room, they're asking to have the TV dramatisation of that version.
0: <laughs>
5: as I long agree. as uh, Doctor Unk isn't in it.
0: Yeah,
6: well, yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, I don't know what happened to Doctor Unk, really, but oh, there, that was magnificent, Albert. Thanks for that. Um,
3: Brilliant, Albert. Well
6: done.
4: Really hungover today.
6: <laughs> yeah but um okay let's move on i got asked on uh on bbs if i could potentially ask you a question that was less than 100 words i think that's going to happen is it
4: mm. ask me a question
6: yeah, anyone apparently you know apparently my questions <laughs> right. are long. I, do, I do like to write long questions but you know sometimes sometimes i just talk until a question occurs to me let you into a little bit of a trade secret there um okay well let's um let's talk about the game. Start where we normally start. It, obviously, the lineup unchanged for the third consecutive game and um obviously a win for the third consecutive game, so there's clearly a theme there. So uh well, let's get some views on it. My personal view obviously we had a, an early change with KG getting injured, but I I think personally it is a very very simple uh you know concept to, to keep the same lineup if you're getting they're getting good results and I suppose the most contentious person is Cameron Jerome but perhaps not um perhaps not so fair on that because he in a couple of games we've covered recently he's he's been one of if not the best player on the pitch he, he was absolutely superb oh, God, my brain's gone a couple of games ago I think I gave him man in a match and uh, you know I, I, he's probably the one person I've seen on, on the message boards who people have been a little bit contentious about but I think he, you know he's doing brilliantly in the system um, so, Patrick, let's give you a chance to talk about the lineup. What do you think?
3: The, again, with the lineup you, you can't change the winning lineup. So, obviously, Pulis is going to keep the same lineup. But, again, as far as Jerome goes, I totally understand how people get upset about him. He's a striker who doesn't score goals. But if you look at it just that way, you, you're being overly simplistic because he brings so much more to the team. The way that he plays is perfect with the way that we play. And I think if we put Glenn Murray, and I love Glenn, and, I, and also Dwight Gale up there, it would be a totally different way of playing. The way that we play, we need someone up top who's going to harass the, f- the defenders, who's strong, who is a bully, who will hold the ball up. And he's just perfect for our system. And, and as long as he does what he does, the way that we play, we're fine. I think next year, if we decide to play differently, then I would love to see Gale and Murray up front because they would be a great combination, even if just based on the, you know, the Under-21 game when, it, when it, you know, Dwight scored five goals. Yeah. But again, Jerome, for me, takes a lot of stick, and I admit I wasn't high on him earlier, but he has been so good the last three or four games, and it just goes unnoticed what he does. He's just, you know. Yeah, I completely know
6: where you're coming from. It's the way he occupies the defence. He can occupy an entire back four pretty much on his own, but what he does need, he does need those wide players being on form, and what we've been really, really fortunate these last three games credit to the players for that. But
3: I agree. Balassie and Punching have been great the last three or four games. They've made him look a lot, a lot better. And Punching's been scoring. That takes a pressure off of Jerome. So. yeah,
6: no, I, I, Absolutely. Now, Nick, if I could bring you in on, on this.
3: Yeah.
6: Maybe, so, uh, well, maybe not if you sound like that. I don't know what you keep doing. but oh, Tom. Right, try again. Right, um, I, I totally agree. Nick's gone. We've had to get rid of Nick because... He, he totally won. agreed, though. He did totally agree and that was good. it's good to get that from him before we decided to just dismiss him. I'll let Mikey try and sort out that little problem in the background and talk to Nick about why he feels the need to shout into a microphone. And uh, Albert, so... <laughs> um, yeah, moving swiftly. I'm trying to pick up. I've got a, a comment on Twitter, really. Uh, it's from Bob White. He said, The team selected to fit the tactics and circumstances. Pulis, as usual, spot on including subs. Uh, changes for Everton game? Question mark. And he's put hashtag no leaks as well. Um, but... I suppose it is. It is fit in the system, isn't it? And as Patrick was saying, you know, Murray and and Gale quite rightly, you know, attracted quite a lot of attention for for the 5, one. Um, five, one, five nil. Oh, I can't remember what it was. But the uh, him six sorry nil. Scoring, six 0 and and yeah. Dwight scoring five goals five exactly right yeah yeah Paddy got, uh, Paddy got one. That's right. He did, didn't he? From corner. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, getting a lot of attention for that. But you know, can can Gale or Murray play in that role?
3: I don't think it's so. Right, and right I, I, don't, yeah. I love both of them. I just thought that Jerome role is very unique to Jerome. I, I've watched even Shemak try and play early in the season, and it's, it's a very difficult role to play. You've got to run all day. You've got to be physical. You've got to hold the ball up, and we don't have a striker right now in that mold, and, again, I think that's the way Pulis wants to play this year. I'm hoping that next year we change it up a little bit, but like you just said, with the wide players that we have and the way Jerome plays, that's the way we have to play uh, in yeah. order to get the next three or four points that we need to survive. So. <laughs>
6: Yeah, I was listening to um, to Tony Peters' post match press conference, and, and but he got some really good insight into to what he was thinking there. Because again, he was talking quite a lot about the wide players, and he, he got asked about um, you know the, again. He, oh, I don't know if he brought it up actually. He was talking about his reputation at Stoke, and
3: right.
6: he, he was saying that uh, but Peter Crouch and. Um, who else did he have up there? I suppose Cameron Jerome for for a while as well. But uh, oh yeah, Kenwin Jones as well. Cameron, he, said that, right, right. he said they're a sort of a type of player, aren't they? They're they're you know they're big, tall strikers, and right. he had to play to those strengths. You know he, that was what he was looking to do. So and he said he's obviously got a very different set of strengths at Palace, and that's why we're playing a different way. And I think it just shows that, that yeah, the lineup he's picking is to play a certain way, but it's to play the way that the Crystal Palace are best at playing. It's not to fit a preordained tony pew this system because you know he's, he's trying to suggest that there isn't really such a thing
3: so. totally agree the funny thing is he didn't bring jerome here um jerome was only yeah, yeah, here see. when he got here and when he got here gail wasn't playing and murray was hurt so he's obviously going to play the players who were here and who were in you know who were informed so that's what he just did so you're right he fit whoever he could into his system which is yeah. the way that good managers always do that so
6: indeed um all right, let's try albert and see if albert can speak now hi albert Hi. Ah, oh, you can, right. Yeah, just any sort of last word on the line-up, really. uh, well, you, I mean, you've, you've put in our show document, if it ain't broke, dot, dot, dot. is as simple as that, really, isn't it?
4: It is as simple as that. And until, I mean, we've obviously got a couple of injuries as of yesterday. And, it's, you know, it seems three quarters of the way through the season that, you know, we've, we've got our best 11 and it's clicking. So you've just got to go with it. And, you know, technically we only need to win one more game to stay up so we've got we right. won through the bounce we've got a formula you know why why mess with it
6: indeed um i want to bring nick in here let's see if he can um you know sound relatively normal you've talked about the fact that marian shemak wasn't in the side and obviously one of the things that happened during that game is very early on kg got injured and Shamak was chosen as the replacement so obviously adjusting the system accordingly and uh getting ledley into a, a position alongside Jednak and and bringing Chimac on in that role just behind the striker. And again, obviously he, he was excellent because he's a class player, but, um, do you think maybe that forced us into a change? I mean, where, where do you stand on KG? He's been excellent in the, in the last couple of games. And, you know, a lot of people he, he, were we're going to miss him, but did it do us a favour in some ways?
5: He did plant a few, uh, wayward passes before he got injured, didn't he? Um, KG, I found, mm. um, so I, I was, I thought it was going to be one of his bad games because he he does blow hot and cold. Um, I think we were kind of, it was good that we were forced into putting Ledley alongside that because that's something we've talked about since Ledley joined, and it's the first time we've actually seen it, and it it seemed to work quite well. Although mm. Shamak took a little bit of time to kind of get into the game a little bit, but um, he's just quality Shamak, isn't he? There was a a I never. A, talk about him a little bit now but there was one point where he he looked at one of the villa players almost said to him i'm going to pass it over there and without looking in the right direction kind of did a two-footed kick to one of the palace players to really take the mickey out of him and he just did it for fun and it was such a joy to watch yeah he, he's been he just, he's been he's just he's been a shocked. class above everybody else he's almost as he's, he's not quite at lombardo level but he's It's just that level above everybody else on the pitch. Even when we're playing opposition like Chelsea or whatever, he's he's just oozes quality. And we've got to do everything we can to keep hold of him over the summer.
6: Yeah, so obviously hopefully that situation will take care of himself. But when you see him dancing off the pitch like he was at the end of the game uh, (laughs) yesterday, you kind of think that he's obviously having probably the best time in football he's had in a a long time because he's really struggled recently. And I think when you see a player confident enough to sort of showboat and, like you say, play play those little passes and do those little changes of direction that maybe you wouldn't associate with him before he joined Palace. You know, you I, I kind of associated him with being a, a sort of focal point of a, of a forward line. But this little deep role he's got where he's getting to show his, his technical abilities, really bring the best. And that's what I, I kind of meant about the lineup. The, the one sort of change that that sticks out for me was we've got to find a place for Marouane Chamakh in, in the side. And I can completely understand not, not picking him because... Like we said, we don't change a system that's working. But um, in a way, KG's injury, which was unfortunate for him, and dare I say, we did look a little bit weak in some areas. A little bit. I think Jednak and KG work very, very well as a defensive partnership. Put it that way. Um, I think for a while we, we did sort of struggle a bit until Ledley really got going, and he's a bit more a bit more forward thinking than KG as well. So. I, I think, but to be honest, I think that change makes it our, our best eleven in my view um, at the moment. Playing the, the system we're playing, I'm not saying that Ger- I think Jerome's our best attacker, but he's the best attacker in that in that system. Anyway, we're we're talking a lot about lineup, and I'm sure we'll keep doing that for the rest of the season. But I want to drag us uh, drag us into the match now. It was Patrick mentioned a little bit earlier um, in, in terms of the start, as did you, Nick. We're um we did start slowly. We really did. We 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 didn't we didn't come out firing on all cylinders didn't really have that, there wasn't that big a threat from from Villa, I would say, but there was the one moment where, where Cameron Jerome had to be a bit sharp to clear off the line, wasn't completely convinced Veroni was going to get there. So yeah, it, it, it we looked to struggle a little bit. And to start with you, Patrick, why do you think that was?
3: Well, uh, you know, watching over here, um the NBC commentator mentioned that when Shemak came on, he was given instructions by Pulis of where people were to play. And he apparently didn't get that information to the players. So, Everybody seemed to confuse confused as to where they were supposed to play. So Lely wasn't, to, wasn't sure if he was going to play the role behind Jerome or drop back and play next to Jedi for a while. Shemak was kind of all over the place for the first five, ten minutes. So it seemed there was a lot of confusion as to where they were supposed to play. Once they figured it out, like towards the end of the last ten minutes, we saw how much better we started to play. So I think that's what it was. It's the lack of where do, we, where do I play, where do I go kind of thing.
6: All right, that's interesting to say. It's not something I picked yeah. up from, from being at the game, but you're right, right it, it did seem a lack of cohesion there. That's,
3: Definitely, yeah. Um, and again, like, I'll go back to my point again. I just think we play better with KG and Jedi. I mean, mm. I hate to keep saying that, but it seems like when he's in the match, he just brings something different that other players don't. And I love Ledley, and I just think like it'll take time for Ledley and Jedi to get that same relationship. Remember when, when KG and Jedi first were here with Dougie a couple of years ago, they were horrible together. Yeah, so it yeah. took him a while to, you know, to get it together So I think it just, it's just going to take time So, And yeah, I agree with you, Shemek has to play uh, somewhere
6: Yeah, yeah so. totally But you're right, it's about partnerships all over the pitch really, isn't it? We've got, we've got a centre-back partnership that's a bit new But it's really developing nicely That midfield partnership, they've been together an awful long time but They know each other's strengths and weaknesses without even thinking So of course KG's going to be missed in that sense you're, you're, you're absolutely right to pick on that um, Albert, you, you said you know, you're a bit worried that we've maybe run out of energy
4: Yeah, whilst I was certainly advocating the if it ain't broke, don't fix it rule, um, you know, the team has had to really dig in over to get those three wins. Um, And, you know, I just wonder if there was, you know, there was a bit of fatigue kicking in. Um, Villa had a lot of the ball earlier on. But, you know, they're they're, a tidy tidy side in the sort of midfield and they were knocking it around with ease and seemed to zip zip past us quite easily. And, yeah, I I was worried that we'd run out of puff and we were going to... Just switch off for a second, and you know they've got a lot of nippy players in their in their team. But um, I think I think yeah, like Patrick was saying, once Shamak came on, and once everybody settled down a bit, we we found our rhythm again, and it was you know back to back to normal for the last three games.
5: Um, Nick, oh, I remember Sean Ryder's face when he ran out of puff. It wasn't a pretty sight. Um, <laughs> Somebody in the chat room, uh, that's wholeradio.net slash chat, Lions550, said we started slowly because they played with five in the middle, which is an interesting thought. I hadn't thought about that. Um, we were content to let the uh, the opposition have have the ball again, uh, looking at the possession stats at the end of the game. It was a lot closer than it has been in recent weeks. But they weren't penetrating at all, Villa. I wasn't worried by them, save for that clearance on the line. I, they didn't look like they had any spark to come at us did they i think we're quite content to let them pass the ball around a bit and let them do the running
6: yeah i think they looked they looked a poor side there was an awful lot in the first half and but it wasn't a first half full of incident really we you know we only really sharpened up in that in the last 10 minutes or so as patrick was saying so it what it but but they were very very short on quality they've hit hit a lot of long long passes almost straight out of the pitch a lot of their passes to, to players were behind them so they lost a lot of momentum you know, they're they're lacking a bit of confidence, I and mean, they've been thumped against Fulham, and they? I think they've been thumped a couple of four ones in a row, or something like that. And they looked like a side that was just struggling with cohesion. and we were almost the worst team they could have faced in terms of trying to break us down because we just haven't we're not conceding goals at the moment. And you kind of just felt if we can get this together, uh, you know, in an attacking sense and create ourselves a few chances. You know, we're gonna we're gonna win this game without really being threatened. And in a way, that that's what happened, although. as we'll talk about in a bit, there was some late pressure. Uh, Just to pick up on a few little things that are coming in on Twitter, um, um, back on when we were talking about Tony Pulis and his reputation with Stoke, Mike Timms made the observation that in the January transfer window, no what you'd call Stoke-type players came in, so it's sort of backing that point up. And John Nightingale uh, has agreed with with the point being made earlier and said that Pulis was actually going ballistic at Chimac for not passing on those instructions. Um, And there was a lot of that, I think, people... On the message boards, are saying that Tony Pulis was a little bit, um, should we say, irate with Cameron Jerome for for not challenging for a few things that he thought he should be challenging for. He was um, a little frustrated with with Bilassi for not tracking back early in the game, and but then applauded him for tracking back later in the game. So you can see he's an incredibly demanding manager. He demands not just um, you know respect from these players and you know respect from the media to a degree. He also demands nothing short of than they're very very best when they're out on the pitch and I think as fans that's what we're responding to. And I'll take this moment to point out a moment in the game which um a lot of coverage on the BBS and and on the I'm sure was there was a moment in the second half when the whole ground just got on its feet to sing Tony Pulish red blue army pretty much we've sung it a few times but but that was the first time it really just resonated around the ground and and how it was a almost a spine tingling moment. Uh, Nick had you know you were there you experienced that
5: i did and they were either standing up in the family section which wow. you know which was um it's and and they've they've got their head around it's just tony Pullis red of blue army isn't it it's not tony yeah. police and i think it's taken several <laughs> weeks for for uh our, our fan base to to realize how how to say it correctly it was <laughs> it was it sung at cardiff
6: last week it was yeah it was sung in the away end i've actually had that same problem trying to work out with say pulis or pulliss but yeah it, it, yeah, it, that was the first time it properly happened, and I think it's it's nice to see him, you know, respond to it as well. He did, gave you know, sort of
5: punched the air and sort of celebration and him
6: right back on the game, wasn't he?
5: It's good that we've got he's earned that respect. Well, I think we gave Holloway too much respect too quickly because we were Ian Holloway's red and blue army, um, virtually from the get go, weren't we?
6: We were, yeah. Uh, I think and
5: Tony, Tony's had to earn it. I think we, as a fan base, we we don't want to be. Um, Sort of embarrassed again by,
6: yeah. I think we uh, did that taking something
5: too close to our heart too quickly.
6: Yeah, we did that because it was a weird set of circumstances, wasn't it? Because we'd all just felt betrayed <laughs> by by Dougie leaving, and you know we weren't without wanting to go over old ground. There was a lot of there was a lot of that sort of negative feeling, of, and we just wanted to embrace the new guy quickly and say, you know, on we can mo- we can move on. Yeah, on the rebound exactly. Sorry, Patrick. And off you, new bird. That's it. Show off on you. <laughs> Uh, patrick you wanted to uh, uh, join in on this a little bit earlier on i've just noticed
3: yeah i just i just wanted to say that i mean it's it's amazing um the palace fan that how the singing comes across over here when when we see it on television we get so much coverage over here of how great our fans fans are especially the the singing part and that whole pulis uh, army stu- uh, stuff uh it's really brilliant because it really shows how our fans have taken to him but again over here we really it the the coverage over here with the singing it, they show that every single game they have, they make make a point of showing the Homestead fanatics before the matches. Whenever they're singing, it really is amazing. It really is the coverage over here of that. I just want to point that out. Yeah,
6: they did a little bit on it as well, didn't they? Exactly. It's it starting and on goals on Sunday as well. And oh, okay. Yeah, it, it' not as much as I, I know exactly what you're saying, Patrick. I've watched, um, illegally watched some some US streams. One, I've,
3: uh, <laughs> I've not been able to get to games, and it's, I've noticed that as well. It's. But I want to, po- a- I want to point out one thing. The person over here that does, um, Rebecca Lowe, she's actually a Palace supporter, so she, yeah, yeah. she does, yeah. So she does it over here. So she always will point out positive Palace stuff all the time. And then um, Neil Ashton does a, a little piece also. He's also a Palace supporter, so it's really. Nice to have those two, you know, part of the NBC coverage over here. It's,
6: yeah, we're taking over the media as well. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> no, but Yeah, I know it really is. It's really like heartwarming uh, to see that instant. But like, yeah, like you say, Patrick, it's also great that the media are really getting on the bandwagon with us and, and it helps. It All this helps because it makes people feel good about what they're doing. The, you know, at the moment, and Pulis knows this as well. He says it in, in, the plot, in the press. It's about making sure people realize that they, you know, the fans do actually feel like the 12th man and they are having an effect. And, we had, when we had Clinton on the other week, he was saying it, it clear as anything that it really does make a huge difference to the players. It really makes them feel, you know, gives them that little bit of adrenaline, that little bit of desire to kick on. Uh, Nick?
5: Yeah, um, in the chat room, wholeradio.net slash chat, DJ Shores asks, did anybody notice how on Match of the Day last night the atmosphere didn't come off that well, as if the sound levels had been altered?
2: And Robert CPFC.
5: <laughs> says, but they did show the support on the analysis. He's never seen that before.
6: Yeah, no, he's right. Yeah, it's, it's rare that they go back and do that, and, and it's rarer that. Um, I like. Well, like it's nice to hear Paul Inter's comments. Let's just say that he was very nice about us. So. But uh, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I kind of I understand what was being said about the atmosphere, maybe not coming across quite so uh, loud as it does, and there is a, there is an issue with volumes, particularly if you watch a game on Sky Live. You know they do dial it down a little bit because I think they're just a bit wary that a lot of the time in football you get some chants shall we say that uh you wouldn't usually broadcast at that time um and when it's really really loud and pretty much a whole stadium singing it you, you kind of it's undeniable what's being said sometimes so I think that's more to do with, I don't think there's any sort of sinister motivation to try and dull down what is a what is an incredible atmosphere! I always isn't.
4: like it on on Sky coverage when it cuts the crowd and it's all you know quite a normal scene and then someone starts doing the vinegar stroke or <laughs> the middle <laughs> finger and they quickly cut away but it's yeah. just too late.
6: It's, it's too late. Yeah. Um, anyway, returning back to the the, the game, uh, Russ Hubbard has said on, on Twitter that uh, he thought Villa would be poor and create uh, would be poor and create a problem for us playing our counter attack. When we settled, we played great stuff at times and that 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 was really noticeable. We are starting to play some really nice football. Uh, at, in, in periods and that's all to do with confidence but uh, in the first half, last little thing in the first half really of any real note well last couple of bits really uh, the, the penalty shout um, let's start with the fact it was an incredible set piece and I really enjoyed Tony Pulis post-match talking about the fact we he been working on it perhaps for months and he's been having a go at them for not trying it when they've had free kicks in the right area and they finally try it and uh, he's, his view and having seen it several times over, my view is that that Yannick's back leg is caught, and that's why he goes down. But I think it doesn't help that he seemed to fluff the shot almost at the exact same time. Um, let's get some views on it. If I, if I start with you, Albert. Yeah, it's
4: it's another one of those. Again, at the time, we nailed on calling for it. Um, but even watching it, and I've watched Match of the Day a couple of times, and they, they go over it. Even in slow motion, watching it off another 50 times, I, I still can't call it, so... I'm, I'm not too upset that Webb didn't give it as much as it would have been nice, but it's yeah. It's, I think the the thing that's getting lost, and you've just mentioned it, is the uh, is the set piece itself. It was worthy of a goal, and it's a shame that um, it didn't come off. Whether that was due to a uh, fluffed shot or a a bad tackle, then uh, I think that's relevant. It was a great great bit of work though.
6: Yeah, it re- it really was, but I think obviously. I think we'd be a lot more upset if uh, if that game had finished 0-0 or one nil to Villa. Put it that way um, about that not being given. But I, I know it's it's a difficult one, and like you say, you can watch it over and over again. And Howard Webb's got one chance to see it, but he's a, he's pretty close to it. And I, I think there's a, only a limited number of reasons
5: that that the player's
6: going to go down the way he did. Um, well, uh,
5: Nick, he he, well, the people around him thought it was going to be a penalty. I I didn't really. It was the other end of the pitch from me. So it, it was very hard to tell kind of live. Um, and it's hard to tell live on match of the day. It was when it was really, really slow-mo, you could see that it quite possibly was a penalty. And I know the producers just put up uh, an excellent photo showing the point of contact, which is no help to radio listeners. But um, I think uh, <laughs> he's going to put it up on Twitter if you want to have a look.
6: Yeah, at HOL um, Radio. That's... Look at our account there. there. There will be a picture on there. Funny enough, it doesn't look like... I was expecting it because you've got his, his legs right across Yannick. But I don't think that that was the, the actual clash, if you like. I thought the clash was, was the other leg on the back leg, if you know what I mean. So, I don't it, know. It, it's a difficult one.
5: It almost looked like Jan, uh, Yannick had kicked himself and gone over at one point. It, mm. it seems to change every time is I've seen it. Is not a
6: penalty these days? <laughs> Perhaps it should be. <laughs> it depends if you're one of the top four it is. Um, I, I'm looking at it now and, and, and Yannick's legs are actually right right together like his knees are clashed together so it does look like there's been some contact to knock his legs together if you he know looked what i mean like
4: he's done that thing where you you know you tuck your what's it between your legs <laughs> yeah you, <you're
6: laughs> yeah if, if you've seen silence <laughs> of the land where the he's old, doing the yeah. dance in front of the mirror
4: it- <laughs> i've seen that bit low <laughs> <laughs>
6: yeah that's the picture uh, right yeah <laughs> yeah gone too far Albert, in fact, you, penalty, you went
4: from the penalty incident? Because that just doesn't... It doesn't
6: look right, point. does it? Yeah, but I guess it is. It must be. The fact um, that the
4: ball's behind him says a lot.
5: <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. radio.
6: So and I'm not talking Great about the, the Silence of the Lambs thing. again. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm struggling small. with that for a moment. Uh, Patrick, last word on the penalty. What do you think?
3: Well, first up, I want to just say that I'm really glad we actually work on free kicks because... The ones I've seen before that yesterday were well, have been awful. I really thought we didn't work on them at all, so I'm really happy we actually worked on them. And it was a brilliant free kick. And I really do think that his back leg was clipped. But again, that just speaks to Yala. Yala doesn't get any breaks. He can't score a goal, and he can't <laughs> get a penalty kick. It's really, it's just, it just <laughs> makes me laugh sometimes because again, if I was anybody, if that was um, I don't know Willian or Eden Hazard, I guarantee that's a penalty kick. So I'll just leave it at that.
5: Does that mean we can't do that free kick again then? If we've if we've done it once, are they going to be expecting it? Is it like months? Try once.
6: <laughs> I don't know. It, it, I actually thought the same thing. Is it? Do you do you get a second opportunity of a free kick like that? I guess you can vary it slightly, vary the players in the different positions, and I'm sure there's there's more than one that we've been working on. But it wasn't. It was it was an ingenious little routine and definitely you know, been saves. working
4: on the one where you had an act just blasted
6: it yeah I, I don't think we can improve on that at all so i think we <laughs> it. no way um yeah and anyway like last uh, we did we did apply quite a lot of pressure at the end of that first half um it really started to sort of gather a, a bit of momentum, really, and um, I think we've we've covered the reasons for that already, so I won't sort of dwell on it. But it was it was you know it, it left a good feeling when we're when the players were walking off um, at the end of that first half. You know, nice round of applause, feeling very very positive, and you always want the team to come out and sort of pick up where they left left off, and they've built that momentum. Uh, you know, the Palace of the past, shall we say, will probably not do that when you. have to finish a, a reasonable 45 minutes with an absolute horror show but, but not these days under Tony Pulis. We came out and we we were on the front foot from the very very start and one of the sort of first things that that happened was the first things of note that happened in that second half after some really nice interplay and um you know a bit of momentum that we generated was Cameron Jerome's miss and again it was another Ballasti shot this time sort of saved by, by the keeper he's pushed it up in the air and it's landed at Cameron Jerome's feet. You know, if you're being generous, it's three yards out. Um, and he's unfortunately managed to hit the bar. Uh, <laughs> um, it's really hard to sort of... Um, I mean, it's it's a, it's a miss worthy of criticism, let's put it that way. Um, so, Nick, I'm going to start with you.
5: It, it came in very quickly. Um, he didn't have much time to think about it. I mean, he had a lot less time to think about it than the miss against Everton earlier on in the season, yeah. if you recall that one in the same goal. Um it's just one of those things, isn't it? Uh, if he's leaned forward half a centimetre, the ball would have been down a bit. Um, Fowler and Ince were arguing about the actual ease of the chance on Match of the Day again last night, weren't they? Uh, with uh, Robbie Fowler laying into uh, Cameron Jerome about missing and Paul Int saying, "Give the bloke a break," yeah. but it's was, it was quite quick. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's...
3: Yeah. Again, I think it. I, I'm, I'm with. You guys, it did, it did come to him very quickly, but again, because Jerome just misses so many chances that we all think he could put away, it's just it just speaks to how difficult it, it's he's making it for himself. But again, it, it came to him very quickly. I think he should have scored it. I was frustrated when I saw it live, but again, it was a very difficult as far as the speed of it. But he's just got to score a goal eventually. Like I said uh, pre-show, he'll get a forty-yard against Everton. we we'll win one 0 So who <laughs> yeah, he cares?
1: probably won, yeah.
6: No, I, I yeah, I can completely see where people are coming from. And that. It, it was quick, at him. and the thing is, said was not a huge amount wrong with his technique. It was it was the timing that. The,
3: Agreed, sort of the right. shape,
6: the shape was fine. He was, you know, he, he he noticed it quickly. He got himself ready. Got himself set. But he just, I think he's, he's got his foot there a, a fraction too early. If anything, even though we're talking about being too quick, I think he's he's just snatched at it and it's not connected with the right part of the foot and it's, it's gone upwards and I've seen worse misses, but just
5: not many. And, um, it's Hifty, like it has uh, been... <laughs> go in in the chat room, Shifty 97 says it's harder to miss than to score. It's one of those, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, it really he is. Said It's happening to him a lot. And if he could put those away, he'd probably be playing for a different team.
3: He would. And that's yeah. Go he'd be Denver boy, wouldn't
6: he? Yeah.
0: It's, Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com.
1: The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
6: It's one of those things people are saying that if you take Cameron Jerome's attribution you add a goal scorer into that, then you know, you're talking you're talking a different a player, 15, right. twenty billion pound player. But that that's that's fair, but at the same time it's difficult when Cameron Jerome is missing chances that that are like this. And there there's chances that are always you think a player in the Premier League whether he's a striker or not, you're thinking that he should be doing better. And it's unfortunate that... I mean, I'd say he, he had the one where he hit the post against Chelsea. And I actually think he did incredibly well to give the keeper the eyes and go the near side of him and get as close as he did. I think, you know, if he tried to cut across the keeper and play it that way, I, I don't think he's going to get a shot away. I think the defence kept it back in time. I think that was an example of him playing on instinct. And I I say he's a player who struggles if he gets time to think. I think he needs to be inst- instinctive and, and at the moment it's not going for him in front of goal but what he's doing away from that is is more than enough at the moment. I think we're winning games uh, and he's a big, big part of that and you can criticise him and still appreciate what he brings to the team and, and that's where I am with it, I think. Um, yeah, not much more to say to that. Anything to add, Albert? I don't think I asked you too much.
4: No, it was rubbish. <laughs> <laughs>
6: Thanks, man.
4: No, I agree with you. He, he, he does... um. S- similar argument to Yedinak, you know Yedinac does what he does very well but there's other things that he does not so well but he's in the team for the things he does do well and Jerome's the same you know we're not, we're not expecting Jerome
6: to score a
4: hat Jedi getting
5: better though if I, if I can swing over to Jed I, I you, saw some you, stats you can the other in a minute,
6: day but, but oh. you're, uh, you're obviously going way ahead and you're not following my show plan which is making me furious I can't get That's like it. properly angry with you on air but I am furious with you right now um I was gonna to go to, to to Twitter really and sort of talk about that. Um, about what what's coming on the penalty thing. Most people are pointing out that the photo that Mikey's put up is not the penalty because it's not in the box and it's a different player making the challenge.
0: Cheers Mikey! <laughs> Thanks, <mate. laughs>
6: Thanks for that. Cheers. I'm t- next
5: <laughs> <night>. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> um
6: uh, yeah, nice a, lot, a, lot, a lot of people saying not a panel. Well, to be honest, it's actually sort of seems to almost be 50-50 going there. But a lot of people sort of erring on the side of, can I understand why it wasn't given? I like to say, I do think, generally speaking, that most of those people would be a little less than reasonable had we not won that game. So, um, huh. yeah, there you go. Um, all right, we will talk about Jed now. We will, um, because I thought he was excellent. But I've got a whole section that I want to talk about the performances of the players on... Um, so, Nick, just hold that thought, OK? I know you've been a critic of Jednak and you want to get it off your system, um, how well he played yesterday, but we'll get there. We'll get there. But I want to talk very quickly about the overall penalty. It's a really obvious one, this. Uh, he got it right in the end, didn't he? Um, but it's, it's, one of the, we've, it's weird because you used to criticise how Webb for not making a decision. This time, he makes, makes a decision. Perhaps, you know, at halftime, he might have had an idea that he could have given the Balassi one, and he was a bit harsh there. Maybe trying to even it up, and you see that from um, from referees sometimes. Similarly, there's a lot of people who have said that the um, the linesman signaled, patted his chest when when Howard Webb first looks over him, and Howard Webb thought he was giving the signal for a penalty, and then needed clarification that wasn't the case. But I mean, no complaints, lads. Very very quickly, it's fair, wasn't it? No need, no not a handball, and, you know.
2: Fair no, it,
3: it was it wasn't a penalty. It's just the whole the whole situation was very strange to see it, but it definitely wasn't a penalty. But for him to call it and then take it away was just that is Howard Webb.
6: It is, yeah. He <laughs> <laughs> it,
5: it seemed to look at the linesman after it happened.
6: Come on, yeah, go on. Oh,
4: I think Nick's gone. Um, gone I again. find it I've, it was the right decision, and you know it was an odd way of getting to the right decision. But you know you've got to give him credit for being showing bottle to in favour of villa to admit he'd made a mistake and overturn yeah. it i'd,
6: I'd say I'm, I'm happy yeah i'm happier seeing that i'm happier seeing referees take a moment and to talk to their linesman the trouble is is when you had the other thing the other day where where the ref goes and talks to the linesman and then just goes i'm overruling you I, I think it was again on the match of the day coverage i'm not sure remember who who actually said it but it was clear wasn't it it was clear and defined and, and,
4: and, but again we, we always talk about inconsistency the infamous Kieran Gibbs Oxley Chamberlain incident. The referee's got several people telling him that he's got the wrong man. So why why doesn't he take their word for it?
3: It's a very good yeah. point. You're right. Absolutely right.
4: Yeah, um, yeah. So good. Let's move on. <laughs>
6: <laughs> Next. Uh, I like it when it happens. Um, all right. Yeah. Fairies. So uh, oh, I heard myself back there. That's weird. I'm all right now. I've settled down. I'm not going to draw attention to it. That's the thing. Just carry on carry on like a pro. Um, Bilassi, let's just go to the goal. Balassi gets down the left wing. It was a nice little build-up play before that, actually. It was a good header in by, by Jednak. A you know, lot of decent movement. Uh, Bellassi's gone down the wing, and it's nice to see Jason Punchen coming in off the right-hand side to get involved very, very early on. He's in the box in the right position. The uh, ball finds its way to him. Earlier on in the season, you're talking probably no more than a a month and a half, two months ago, um, Jason Punchen probably doesn't score that because he's got his back to goal. Uh, It's taken him a bit of a while to sort of work out he's going to turn. But you know, Jason Punchen now is so confident and so relaxed in, in what he's doing, he knew exactly what to do. And he picked his spot, backed into the defender, got himself an angle to turn, turn and hits in the same movement in off the post and, and what a great moment and absolutely mad in the crowd and, it, and all of a sudden you know the guy's just he can't, he can't stop scoring It was, it's just a beautiful moment um, Albert Great goal it's, it's
4: a, you rarely see goals like that you know eight yards out players all around him just showed a bit of very similar to the um, Sterling goal today he showed a bit of composure just drop of the shoulder to work the angle and just rolls it quite calmly into the far post and I love, I love an off the post and in, and, yeah. and that's what it was. It's was a, it a great finish, um, and yeah, you're right. A, a few months ago, when confidence is a bit lower, he probably wouldn't even try it, or he'd try it and blast it over. But um,
6: yeah, yesterday it was, uh, it was a good move, and credit to him. Mm. Um, Patrick do you think this kind of validates the whole point about Jerome in that if you've got players that are coming in and able to score in, in, in that way you know like it was a ruthless strike ruthless finish of a, of a proper goal scorer it doesn't really matter that Jerome's not putting chances away when you've got people like that
3: that's exactly I was gonna that's why you also read my mind I was going thinking exactly <laughs> the same thing because uh, with with Punch and scoring you got Ledley scoring when Ins played that one or two matches he scored when those guys are scoring you don't need Jerome to score as much because I mean, you've got six, seven goals from a, from a, uh, an outside midfielder. You just don't see that. And again, we perfected the art of the one nil win anyway, so we don't need more than one goal. So um, <laughs> it, it, it's it's been, it's been brilliant. But I just want to get to Punchin for a minute. I was reading the program because um, I, I get the program digitally, which is great. So in the program there there was an article in there about Punchin. Punchin has mentioned that the turning point in his season has been was actually that penalty miss at Tottenham because he just mm-hmm. said that he just doesn't focus on the media anymore. And that, that 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 miss and all the controversy around it with all the getting killed on Twitter and in the media about the missed penalty made him really refocused. And he said that turned the whole season around. And I've really noticed how much better he has been since that match. He's been so he's been so good. It's been unbelievable how well he's played. He's been so, so good for us. It's been amazing. And then the other thing that I noticed is that the combination of him and Mariapa on that side and then Yala and Ward on the other side has been really the difference in the last four or five matches. They combine well. They overlap well, they defend well together. It's been really uh, uh, you know, just a change in our, in our season, having those four players played the way they played.
6: Yeah, absolutely. But it, is, it is the difference, it really is. Um, I'm going to try Nick and see. Hello. Oh, Jesus, Nick, just just cut, tone it down a touch. All <laughs> their complaints that you're killing people's ears with your constant volume changes. I don't know what it is, but put it this way, you're not coming back again. <laughs> Uh, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. We, we do love you, mate. But just honestly, just keep your voice nice and soft for everyone.
5: What um, I thought. Uh,
6: mm, smooth. What? Was.
5: Is that smooth enough for you? Should I go on it's Jazz FM? Funny,
6: it's That's slightly arousing. Keep it going.
5: He, he turned on a 20 pence piece. I can't say sixpence anymore. And um, the consensus in the chat room is, why are so many of our goals going in, in slow motion? And why can't your position <laughs> get to them?
6: <laughs> that's a really good question they do they are yeah it, it, it's funny it's funny it's a funny observation but um i don't know i, I like it i like the i like the sort of a slight moment of doubt before you get to scream your head off in celebration yeah. sort of i've just a
5: had a tweet i've just had a tweet from Ty- simon bates saying stop it nick no, <laughs> place, usual, please. no
6: one knows who simon bates is either I mean, you in jail? oh my god every reference
4: I He's suppose we TV got. Yeah. Yeah.
6: What was it? Hmm, anyway. Um, anyway, look. Goal was a beautiful moment. Um, but in a way, it was it was the peak of our performance because uh, we didn't have a huge amount after. We haven't we haven't talked about an instant with with Jednak where um, he got a kick off Brad Guzan. Penalty. Yes, yeah, so that's that's, that's really was a penalty. Do you, I the mean penalty. the thing is? Do you, do you give a you give that as a penalty or do you say actually jednak has stepped across and failed him first so it's a foul for them but a red card for the keeper for kicking either way howard webb's not seen it whether or not he's worthy of criticism but if he doesn't see it first
3: he had his head turned apparently i thought they said on it and you can see it; he's not looking at it but that's why you have this as a referee for i thought the other guy could have just raised his leg and seen it and just because gazan who's american so i'll give him a break um he definitely kicked jedi
6: yeah, oh, yeah, properly, yeah, yeah.
3: But
4: just did absolutely... he kick him just because he was putting one foot in front of the other one to try and run, and Jedi comes across him? Um, look
6: like that. On no, TV. I, I would, I would say there's very much a deliberate kick there. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay, hey, it is, it's, it's a sending off offence if he gets seen, in my view. Uh, the the argument over whether it's a penalty completely rests on whether or not Jednak's stepping across him. Basically, we, we're saying it. This is at the game. Funny enough, Jednak got exactly what he wanted, other than the red card. Jednak's. Jednak has seen that we've, we're have we pushing uh, um, and we've got a lot of people left upfield and Guzan's trying to come out and start a quick counter-attack. Right. So that's what the, the Villa do there, don't
3: they? Exactly. Definitely. You know what, Jednak's the king of stopping the play by making a foul like that every time. He's brilliant yep. at that. He's really perfected that.
6: He absolutely has and, and Guzan knows that. That's why Guzan's right. kicked him because he, he knows he's done it. He's got, he's got across him. Guzan's not, not looking at it. He's just caught him out of the corner of his eye and just thought, oh, he stepped right across me. Gonna give him a nice kick. <laughs>
4: we've had a <laughs> you know? couple of hot keepers down that end, haven't we? This season we
6: have, yeah. And you've got to, you've got to expect that. That's the one thing we've got that I have noticed. We are we're a bit of a we're a bit of well we're a Tony Poulos team, aren't we? We're we're doing a few little things like the start. is nil nil at the start of the second half, and you know Julian's gonna take a bit of time over his court, his um, his goal kicks because it it just adds a little bit of stress to the to the opposition because you know Villa came. Hopefully, you know they came to, w- to to get something out of that game, and, and well, they wanted three points, and we were we're a counter attack inside, and when a counter attack inside is playing a counter attack inside, you've got to try and draw draw the other team at you. You've got to try and give them the ball and say come at us, and they were that first half they were doing quite a good job of not really building any kind of attack by smashing the ball at a of play of play, of play a lot. So we had to get them to come at us, and I think we slowed it down in, in, enough to. To kind of bring them forward and get in behind them, and like I say, and then we knew what their danger was, and I think that was an example of of Mila Jednak to a to a T doing the job he does every single week. Where winding people up gave them a little dig, and you know, really, if the letter of the law is followed, at the very least, it's a sending off for their goalkeeper and an advantage, Palace. And you might not like it; it might be a bit a bit of a negative tactic, but but it's what we do, and we're winning games. And there you go, uh, Patrick.
3: Real quick, um, the commentator uh, made a comment that the passing was very poor in the opening part of the match. They said the pitch was bumpy. Did you guys notice that at the game?
6: Um, well, not really, no. To be honest, no. Okay. Um, I mean, I've seen, seen some really bumpy pitches at Sellers Park, and I wouldn't say this right. was one of them. Um, but having said that, we've weather-wise, we've had you know we've had a spell of warmish weather, which is quite rare. Um, so it's feasible. I played football on grass the other day and, and had an absolute nightmare with the fact that the surface was a little bit hard.
3: So yeah, the passing was really... I mean, the passing for sorry. both teams was poor yesterday, very poor early in the game.
6: So I've heard some giggling just as you were making a, a salient...
3: No, nah, I was just saying that the passing <laughs> for both teams was very poor in yeah. the first 20 minutes of that match. So, I mean, I guess they were looking for a reason.
6: Yeah, yeah. I, 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 think, I think it's more to do with, um, you know... It's just it was just that type of game, I think I think the surface surface was all right in terms of Premier League standard pitches I think it's it's okay, it's holding up um okay, yeah, I'm sure it's not perfect, but it it's good enough, yeah, I don't know we'll see we'll see how it plays for the rest of the season it's worth worth looking at um we've We've sort of touched on the referee side of things um. Oh, actually, no. I've gone. I got ahead of myself. I, one of the things that happened. We're sort of talking about the the last little period of the game. We got there was a lot of pressure from Villa. Um, I think it's fair to say um, we were we were pushed back more than we've been pushed back in in quite a long while. Probably more than Chelsea managed. Uh, and there was that little frantic period. There was a little bit of pinball in the penalty area at times. And there was one real clear cut chance. There's a header down from Holt, and Weimann's got on the end of it and just sort of flip the ball, and he, you can see he's flicked that ball, and he thinks it's a goal. He's starting to run away to celebrate. As a look over his shoulder, and, and Jules has pulled off yet another one to save. I mean, there's not so much, there's not really anything we haven't said about Julian Spironi that, that we can say again, but let's, let's enjoy it again. Um, well, Patrick, what did you think of that save?
3: I have been a critic of Jules, but but not this season. He's been absolutely phenomenal. I don't know what's gotten into him, and I don't really care <laughs> because he's been <laughs> so good. But that save yesterday again—it just compares with the save that he made on Dini at the playoff final, or at, you know Brighton save and the save this year against Chelsea. He's just been absolutely phenomenal. And again, we—you guys talked about it a few weeks ago. I don't know if it's Hennessy being bought that's spurred him on, whether it's whether it's George Wood. Whether it's trying to get the Argentina World Cup team, but he has been absolutely phenomenal, and I'm really, I, c- I can't say enough about how great he's been this year. Really yeah, been great.
6: It's yeah, it's good. All those things you mentioned, I'm sure, are, are a big factor. I'm sure, you know, George Wood seems seems to be having a really good effect on 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 him in terms of the coaching because he's got it. He's I think George is he's he's definitely coaching because Jules is is doing things that he hasn't been doing in the past. He's,
3: exactly like coming for crosses, yeah,
6: claiming so much more in the air. Right. You're absolutely right exactly, on that, but. Right. Like you say, he's talked himself about being desperate World Cup year, wanting to get in the Argentina squad. Uh, and again, um, you know, and the competition for his place has got, got a, all of those things have combined to, to probably give him, it's almost his best ever season in the way he's playing. It really is. And but, that's a player who's
3: had, you know. But one more thing I want to just add. Do you notice that Pulis really doesn't give him a lot of, like, praise? Like, he'll praise Shamak, he'll praise Punch, and he'll praise Yalla. I just noticed, I don't know piece on purpose to spur him on, but he really doesn't give, give, um, Jules that much praise. He just says, "Well, yeah. he's a
6: goalkeeper he wants to save the ball." So it's kind of interesting. Yeah. It is noticeable, yeah. And I, I, I'm I'm forcing myself not to think. negatively right, about exactly. That, you know? Right,
3: right, right. I'm right, sure
6: right. That, I'm sure there's a logical reason for it. I'm sure Jules is going to get a new contract offer. I'm I'm sure Tony Pulis has recognised just how good he is. <coughs> Excuse me. And he it's has just
3: psychology. I agree. It's gotta yeah, be psychology.
6: yeah. Let's let's hope so. Um. Just, well, a couple of words from you, gentlemen, on the um, on the on the Spironi save. Uh, Albert, you first.
4: Yeah, I mean what one thing we're not sort of considering with jewels is he's now also got the added pressure of having a restaurant to run as well. So you know <laughs> a point. to him.
0: <laughs> Nick, so,
5: do we think he's actually got some tips from Gordon Ramsay and he's like leading his penalty area in a Ramsay-esque manner and being more commanding
4: I don't know what to say. Um, in my head, I mean, I haven't been, but in my head, the Jesus. waiting staff will wear goalie gloves.
6: <laughs> oh, <laughs> that would be amazing. Oh. Oh, God. We, I think, we're going at the end of the season, but um, as a as a little radio out thing, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? Anyway, enough enough about Especially that. If you're paying, yeah, I'll get back to you on that one. <laughs> um, anyway, so I mean, yeah, it, the save like that's as good as a goal. So I, I really do think that. I mean, it's not like I need to encourage people to give Jules any more love than he already gets. Because, and we all know this. I'm not saying anything, you know, new that people People do appreciate that that is, you know, it was an absolutely top save, and it and it was a, it was a match winning save. Um, and we we sh- we should and we would do appreciate him. That's the great thing about it. So often you say about players like that, oh, you'll only appreciate him when he's gone. But we, we don't. We appreciate him while he's here. You know, he's he's an he's a legend of the club who's still playing and still playing at the level that has got him to, to legendary status. And, you know, all I'd say is we need to cherish him while he's here because he can't go on forever. Um, and we are planning for the future, a future where he won't, potentially won't be number one or might not even be at the club. And it'll be a very, very sad day. But for the moment, he's at the absolute height of his powers. And, and I'm loving it. He's very
4: minute. close to surpassing Kalinko as <laughs> I would deeper.
6: Kalinko was <laughs> great for comedy reasons, wasn't he? He should be very
4: worried. <laughs> Kalinka. <laughs>
6: I'm sure That's he is. Trevor
4: Francis is about.
6: <laughs> the Trevor Francis punch on Kalinka is still the funniest thing I've ever seen. Absolute genius. Um, all right, before we get into to talking about the performances and the man of the match and that sort of stuff which is uh, where we're going to end the sort of the match review. Uh, I want to get into just a quick discussion on on Howard Webb. We've mentioned a few things that we you know, we genuinely not a big fan of his which very few people are unless uh well alex ferguson didn't seem to mind him but that was about it um i mean but is the, the anger justifiable uh, there was a bit of anger about and a lot of people were saying you know if we hadn't won that game we'd have been lucky to get out of Sellers alive obviously you know i don't think people are really advocating murdering a referee but i think what they're you know, they're just saying that he would have justifiably got a stick was, he at, was Were the officials as a whole and Howard Webb in particular actually that bad, Nick?
5: There were a few moments where I thought, what the bloody hell are you doing? And there were other moments where he let the play go on. So it, it, wasn't, it wasn't any worse than he, he had been. There's a thread on the whole about how good he was and that there's somebody else saying he's really bad. So it's, it's all subjective. Um, I don't think it was so much the Howard Webb show as we have seen in recent weeks. So I think, you know, it's... it's I didn't notice him as much. My only worry was when uh, the whole, whole crowd—I mean, the whole crowd—stood up and lambasted in him. I thought, is this a good idea, or is he just going to get one back on us for? Yeah, he very touched. I—I don't think I, he was.
6: When you get when you see Howard Webb is your referee for a game, you have the these ideas in your head usually based on actual experience like you know when he sent paddy off for two reasonable challenges um, that sort of stuff and you remember those moments and it always seems to be against you but I actually thought he was knowing it was bad as I was expecting him to be however there were quite clearly mistakes being made and this is this is a guy who is apparently our best referee in this country this is a guy who represents our country when he goes away and it's extreme extremely worrying that he makes the errors he makes. He, you know, he gave an erroneous penalty that that, that happened. He ignored and one that many people feel was a clear penalty in the first half. And you know, he's he's missed uh, a, a goalkeeper kicking a midfield player in the penalty area when in possession of the ball. You've got to be watching what's happening. Um, so uh, I think there's it's weird. There's there's some degree
3: of justifiable anger.
6: Uh, Patrick, are you a fan of Howard Webb?
3: Um, not even a little bit. <laughs> No. <laughs> uh, again, I am I don't believe he's, he's the best referee we have and if he is that speaks to how bad referee he must be in England um, but he didn't cost us the, the match yesterday thank goodness but he made some calls yesterday that I'm still shaking my head over and um, I'm, not, I'm, really, I really, I'm not one to complain about referees in general but I think the refereeing this year in the Premier League has been absolutely ho- horrible not just for Palace but everybody this, its standards is really getting poor but Howard Webb is, is not very good
6: now funnily enough I was saying that my my sort of the, the standard of refereeing in, in the championship was awful for both teams it really really was right, uh, right and the only slight difference I've felt in the Premier League is I've felt it's been a little bit more awful for us than it has anyone else <laughs> but, exactly um, but uh, yeah I, it, I think the the state of refereeing in, in general it needs it needs looking at I think you need it needs to be look, you need to be looking at the type of personalities that are being involved in refereeing um, they they unfortunately because of the grief they get they have they seem to me to have a very defensive nature there seems to you know the FA closes ranks around them and tries to protect them and demands respect but you know everyone knows that respect is earned particularly in football you earn you know you earn a reputation and you earn respect and referees have to do that as well because they're part of the football world in my view so they you know and an integral part without a referee there's no game so uh, but they've got to understand their responsibilities they've got to understand that they can't be all matey and pally with the big players you know, in full view of fans because fans aren't stupid. They can see when a referee's a little bit starstruck, and that seems to happen with some referees in my view. And and they've got to understand as well that for whatever reason, it matters to people. It matters to supporters when, when decisions are wrong and decisions go against their teams. Um, I'm not sure there's two people who've said to me, and I'm not sure when the first one was. I think Albert, yours was a while ago, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, you know, I've always said so, if you've got an opinion you can share it. But Patrick, you've just said something there.
3: Yeah, um I think they should have referees have a, a press conference after the match and explain exactly why they made a decision. If they had to be accountable more, I bet they would make better decisions during the games.
6: That's it's not a bad shout. Um I again, not from a I think if you present it in a in a way that's not you're not trying to make a you know, a, a pariah of the referee. You're not trying
3: to right, Exactly, right. Know, yeah,
6: you, you just want him to come out and say that this is why I made the decision I made.
3: Right, exactly.
6: And if it's wrong, it's wrong, and, I, and I'm sorry for <laughs> for it being wrong. But this is why I did it, and I think a lot of people would be a lot happier. I um, totally agree. But again, it's, it's about learning as well. It's about accepting mistakes. I mean, that's the thing. Funny enough, you mistakes almost are—they oh, almost a part of the game that I'd miss if they didn't happen, because they give us the talking points in a lot of occasion. And they, you know, but it's when it. It it matters too much sometimes. It really does. Um, Albert. I actually don't think he had too terrible a game yesterday. I mean the
4: two big decisions that we've already gone through, the the two penalties that weren't penalties, um, you know, he got those you know, you have to think, he got those right and they were the the key the key points in the game. The Guzman Yedinak incident, you know, I think nine out of ten referees were doing that because when a goalie gathers the ball the no, the actions about to move up to the other end of the pitch and a referee has to be getting himself in the best position to you know for when the next phase of play starts and you can't run very fast backwards whilst what keeping an eye on the goalkeeper so
7: yeah
4: i think he can be a bit forgiven that one but there's just there's just little things yesterday like things in the first half um there was a foul over on the main stand sorry the Arthur Waite side um and the ball ricocheted back towards our defenders by about 20 20 yards and Howard, Howard Webb plays advantage because we've still got the ball but the fact of the matter is the ball's ricocheted back to our last man so how's that an advantage you know the, the Villa players are all behind the ball still so that's, that, that's not an advantage it's just weird little decisions like that that I found odd that he got the big things right it was just his yeah there were some very odd calls on, on yeah. smaller at the end of the day insignificant decisions but there's such, there's such small things that there's no re- reason for him to get
6: them wrong. Um, no, and I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure to a degree there, there is you know, learning being done. I mean, I know obviously referees have assessors at every game. I'm sure they're made to go through the decis- decisions that they've made. But I think making it a little bit more public would help. But I also think not taking this attitude that referees should be untouchable. I think the FA need to play a part in there and say, you know, actually stop punishing managers for criticising referees when referees have made mistakes. Let, managers should have the freedom of speech to say, I thought that was the wrong call, you know, and, and not feel that they're going to get fined for it. You can't question the integrity of an individual, but you can say that oh, he's made a mistake there and, and not feel you're going to get punished for it. And I think if you encourage that kind of a culture where referees are actually able to say, you know, feel that they can put their hands up and say they made a mistake without sort of selling their football association. It's, you know what I mean? It's all, it's all a bit, at the moment, it's all a bit of a sort of closed shop. And I think it open it out and you know, let everyone learn from mistakes and just try and make it a, a something better together. You know, but there you go. So I think the utopian. penalty area. The
4: pe- what, what are they official titles? The guys that stand behind the penalty area in the European <laughs> competitions. <laughs> I, I, I'd, I'd I'd be all for those, to be honest, yeah. because, like you say, a referee, a referee can't always see an incident in the penalty area, and a linesman is you know is, side on to a lot of these incidents, and they can't tell either. To have those there, I think
6: would. See a great improvement in, As a, you know, it's a whole it's a whole show in itself. Almost refereeing, I think. Let's oh, you know. do it now. We can't. We haven't got time. Let's do it now. Maybe maybe another time. We'll do like a whole radio documentary or something on it and speak to some referees, not pretend referees like we spoke to the other week, but actual referees. <laughs> um, <laughs> and also, uh, I yeah, another thing. I, I actually, people are always saying, oh, do you think the fourth official told him to do this or told him to do that? And I think that the fourth officials are, but I think that that's a good thing. I think we should have. That open and let had fourth official correct a mistake. anyway let's not get into that now any further a couple of little injury injury bits bit from the game mentioned kg's injury was apparently a hamstring i got it wrong earlier on I it was probably a hamstring but i've corrected it now so. um and belassi has apparently got the same but a much less serious situation we've got a very tough week ahead obviously got a trip to everton on wednesday and then um on the weekend it's an away game at west ham so we could be seeing our unchanged line-up um, in, the, in the, certainly for those two games, with those injuries. So, I mean, yeah, Patrick, KG, big miss, you think?
3: Well, I'm a big KG fan, so I think it'd be a big miss. But match, I wouldn't even mind seeing you know, Keith going for KG as opposed to maybe Shemak being in there, then that'd be a nice little change for us. And um, if Yala can't go, I'd love to see uh, Inns get a chance to you know play. He hasn't played in about four or five matches, has he, sir? I think either way, with our squad, I think we've got a, we've, we've got a good chance to get something out of that game regardless.
6: That's it. And um, I have to say, I think Chamath looked like he was struggling at the end of the game as well. I'm pretty sure he's carrying okay. quite, quite a knock. So it could be interesting. Could get some of those fringe players getting a chance. Nick, you wanted to say something? Or?
5: Uh, yeah, it was before. this. It's it just a funny thing that happened in, in the chat room. Um, Lions550 said, that Hambo, and I like the sound of his own voice, doesn't he? And I think it's dweeb has replied, Yes, he's the main host. <laughs>
2: yeah,
5: I, think
6: people, <laughs> I think people sometimes do, do miss the point of having to sort of bind everything together but there you go anyway but, yes. i could honestly there's there's time i could just stop talking but then you'd just be listening to a significant periods of silence intermittently um burst by someone else going on so but yeah i do have to talk a lot unfortunately for some of you but you know hopefully
5: that's, how, i you how- appreciate it how quickly can we recall Johnny Williams then, if we need him? Uh,
6: 24, oh, hours Twenty-four hours yeah. notice.
5: Twenty-four
6: hours notice. I suppose that's a possibility if Chemak is struggling um, and and obviously with KG out and seemingly. I mean, KG's had a couple of times he's had hamstring problems this season. I think you know, earlier in the season he was struggling, so if it's a recurrence of that, we we could miss him for a fair few games. So, but there's players, there's players, in, you know who are waiting for a chance. Barry Bannons another. Um, Obviously, you. Isn't even, you've got Adlan Gadiora who hasn't even made the squad for a couple of weeks. There's plenty still going on, so um, I, I don't. Th- you know, I don't think it's a crisis or anything like that. And, and in a way, you know, it's an opportunity for some, for some other people. And we're not. We're so close to being mathematically safe. It's untrue. In fact, if we actually go and, and beat Everton, which I've been claiming that we're going to do for several weeks now, um, I think I think we mathematically will be safe. And and well. I think depending on other results anyway and what a day that will be so yeah good did chance to start blooding some of these t- people come
5: did you find there wasn't as much tension before yesterday's game because we are closer to those magic points i, I just or maybe it was because the match before was against chelsea but i didn't feel as sort of up for it mm, do you know what yeah, i mean yes yeah, kind of edge to it
6: maybe pre-game um but I, I i thought the last 10 minutes when we were under pressure i've Sort of looking at the looks on people's faces. Not everyone, hmm. but quite a few people had their heads in their hands, you know, in sort of desperation for that final whistle to go. So yeah, maybe, maybe not. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Thought the atmosphere was good, and I think people, people generally speaking, seem to be, um, you know, treating it, oh. treating it just like another game. Sorry, showing the
4: most noise the Villa fans made was during the uh, minute silence, though, wasn't it? Oh, oh.
6: that's very un, unsavoury. I don't know why they felt they need to do that. There was, a, there was a group of them in the centre of the Villa fans who seemed to take it upon themselves to aggressively... You know, they wanted to come across like the HF came across, but they had all this aggression and, and anger towards us. and They they were a whole section of them facing us, but had they had a guy pretending to be the capo in front of them and gesturing and all that sort of stuff. They lasted until we scored, and then they stopped. But, yeah, they were they were a real strange bunch. They really were. I'm not too sure what their motivation was or why they felt that to be, to be overly aggressive was appropriate and why they felt the need to spoil, um, you know, a minute's silence for a real tragedy. I think it was that
5: extra seven minutes drinking time they had.
6: <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. Can't rule it out, mate, but...
5: Yeah, interestingly, uh, Chris, sorry, in the chat room, Lyons has said he did realise that you were the main host and he still thinks he like the sound of your own voice.
3: <laughs> I knew that was coming. Uh, it's a good I'll point, t- well made. I'll take, I'll take that
6: from Lyons, actually. <laughs> Bless him. Uh, he, it's fair, I, you know, but he doesn't like my voice. It's amazing. I don't mean that, I really don't. See, I stopped speaking, it went quiet, didn't it? You see? See what happens? <laughs> touched your nerves, uh, somebody yeah a little bit nah, <laughs> right, last last bit guys let's talk about it um performances man match it's a, again another week where it's a very very difficult decision to make um but some or certainly uh, after the game speaking to uh to a few people who were saying that quite clearly mida jedanak was head and shoulders above everyone else and it was his best performance in a palace shirt uh, of the season and that he was spectacular and, and i completely agree that he was excellent uh we've given him a little bit of stick nick haven't we
5: nick if you could see me now i have my hands in the air <laughs> and i'm saying and you just don't care <laughs> yeah yeah <sighs> it's, it's the holidays no i i i I, I've, I slagged him off and he has answered me by getting better at passing so well done jedi <laughs> i hope really that i had my part to play in your improvement <laughs> But I did notice the the bandwagon, or the the, you know, more and more people were was, were beginning to side with me, and um, perhaps I just made them notice something I hadn't noticed before. But no, he he was bloody immense yesterday, and uh, but my player of the game was uh, Delaney yesterday. I just love watching play the ball. But um, there's moments now where he's tearing forward, you know, oh, and yeah. you look forward to those moments in the game when Delaney's going going up for a for a bit of a run because he just looks unstoppable once he gets going doesn't he <laughs> he
6: does yeah no, he's he's been terrific all season delaney and he, he's certainly one of the um contenders for, for player of the year stepped up brilliantly we talked about him quite a lot over the last couple of weeks about what he brings to the side and how his partnership with scott Dan is, is going so well and um yeah he, he's certainly worthy of praise and i i personally think that in the game yesterday you can you can level the same amount of praise that Yannick Bellassi, he, he was excellent. He, he struggled very early on, like a few. But as soon as he got going in that game, he was just a constant threat. and He was not that match. Yeah. yeah. What well, can I go for it? Go on, let, let's, tell us why, and I'll add to it if I can. I just don't think he put
4: a foot wrong yesterday. He, um, you know, he's really, he's really, he knows when to beat a man, and more often than not, he, he you know, he does get, he does push it on and get past them and get into the box. And, you are you know, when you're in that situation, you're either hoping for a good ball in and his, his final ball is improving or, you know, you're hoping that he's going to um, get side down because he's a, he's a slippery, slippery player. Um, obviously, the, uh, the fluff shot in the penalty incident is a mark against him, but, you know, you can't, you can't dwell on that. Um, I just thought well, he, 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 he he had, he had the, the making of, um, you know, a really good player today and he had the full back in his pocket and just was beating people at will.
6: Yeah, and I, I honestly I totally agree. He was superb. And let's not forget that the Cameron Jerome chance came from good work from Bellati as well. Um, he put in several good crosses with, with his weaker foot. Um, and he had a shot that went very, very close. And he was just genuinely a threat all game. And they didn't really know what he was going to do because we know what he's like. He he never really knows what he's going to do. So uh, he, it gives a real problem to every fullback he faces when he's on his game. And he certainly was on his game
5: yesterday. Nick? That shot that just missed the post, Belassi actually started that move um, with some great interplay between him and Punchin mm-hmm. before he got the ball back and, and just missed it. And, you know, Punchin and Belassi are beginning, to, although they're on opposite wings, they're actually beginning to forge a bit of a partnership and an understanding. Because quite a few times you'll you see that they're actually passing to each other while, while they cross as they're swapping wings.
6: Yeah, well, obviously Belassi... developing that understanding. Yeah, Belassie did have that, that going on with Wolf, didn't he? The sort of they're swapping wings and then they obviously they, they interacted at certain times, doubled up on a wing on on occasions. Yeah, getting that going with with, with punching definitely. But I I'll go back to what Belassie told us last week when we interviewed him and he was he's saying that some players and him in particular and he was talking about Wilf as well, need games and they need to build up a rhythm, don't they? And and he's he's playing he's starting every week. He always comes off, you know, in the game generally speaking, he's always one of the first to be substituted around the sort of 65, 70 minute mark when, when Tony Peters starts to make his changes. But playing, you know, being, in, being on the team sheet, starting the game every week is having a really positive effect on him, growing in confidence and growing in ability. And it's been really, really great to see. Um, Patrick, your uh, man of the match?
3: Well, first let me go back to what Nick was saying. I hold my hand up also because I also was on that get Judd out of the lineup um, bandwagon earlier on. When Nick had that whole thing that one week, but um, he was fantastic yesterday, Jedi. He played so well. He does what he does, and um, he was brilliant. But again, I'll, I'll say a, a, a little sh- a shout also to Delaney and Dan. I think that partnership with Delaney and Dan has become so valuable to us. Dan has come in and become a, a total leader in the back, and he has made Delaney a much better player. So I think he, they both played well yesterday. I mean, I think that partnership has been phenomenal since they've they've been together. So. I think between Jedi, Delaney, Dan, anyone else they could have got man of the match yesterday.
6: Yeah. it's great. It's great. It just proves what a good team performance it was when you're struggling to name, you know, a, a clear man of the match. And I noticed the poll on the BBS was quite widely varied. I think Jednak was winning it, but there was sorts. Of, I just don't think there were many players who didn't get a single vote. I think pretty much everyone got a vote. So, um, it's very interesting to see. And yeah, I mean, it, we, we could probably talk about the game in a lot more detail for a lot longer, but we're going to have to stop it there for now. Um, there's a, a question that I want to deal with very, very quickly about playing Joel Ward at left-back. And uh, email came, well, a tweet very earlier on came in from Alessandro Penge.
3: I agree, um, by the way. Oh. I agree. <laughs> okay. He, he's, our, he's our future left-back.
6: Okay. Well, the question was that anyone else feel that playing Ward at left-back complements his game it allows him to cut in and get involved with play. Um, you're, you're agreeing with that, Patrick. Um, do you think that's a, a permanent thing for him? You, you, you really do.
3: Yeah, we've struggled obviously, and I'm a I'm again. Let's go back. I'm a big Moxie fan, but obviously I'm in a huge minority. But we've struggled all season to find the left back. I like Par, but Joel Ward exactly. Joel Ward is a is a great defender. He gets forward, and again he has he's perfected not only the cutting, but if you notice he can cross ball his left foot also, which is very interesting. And again that partnership he has with Yala Yannick on that side has been huge for us in the last couple of matches. So I really think he could play left-back for us if that's what he wants to do. I wouldn't necessarily want to change him because I know he played a little bit in centre center midfield and and, and and defender when he was at um, Portsmouth. But if he doesn't want to move, I would move him back. But we have Jack Hunt possibly next year to play right-back. So if he could play left-back, that solves the problem. we to spend money on, on a left-back next season. So I think if we can use him there, we should.
6: I think a lot him. of it depends on um, on who, who we do bring in, whether we can right. get, whether the best player we can bring in is a right-back or a left-back, I, do I don't think that I do think that Hunt's going to be the answer. Um, I really don't. I don't know if it's the injury that uh, just stopped his progress, but okay. noticeable, noticeable he's dropped out of the Barnsley side lately as well. So he might be injury, but uh, you know, I, 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 my gut feeling is that we will go out and we will try and sign a, a very, very good left-back if we can. I think that's where a lot of the money will be focused because it's going to be very, very hard to go out and buy strikers um, the, of, the, of the quality we need. So I do think we'll go out and spend a bit of money on a left back um, from what I understand. So that I think eventually Ward will go back to right back. But I totally agree with what, what Alex was saying when he, when he tweeted in. It really it, it's great to see Ward get Like you say, he's, he's got a good left foot on him. He really has. He's getting some good left foot across him. But he's a danger coming in from on his right foot as well. Right. It, it you, know
3: they say, you know what they say, Hambo? You know it makes sense.
6: Yeah, it does. Yeah. No, it um Nick, you've got the chat room people in there.
5: Yes, I've got the meeting at the palm of my hands. Lions. Joel Ward <laughs> left back. Joe Ward, left back. I disagree. I think he's best at right back. What well, I would do we should be so before the end of the season, we give Jerome Williams a couple of halves and then stick. Joe Wardy in the right back. And hmm. he asks, are we not after the American left back from German Fatui as well? But I don't know who German Fatui are. So are we after <laughs> an American left back from yeah, a German I've, team? I've
3: forgotten his name, Patrick. Do you know? All right, give me a second. I'm trying to remember his name. <laughs> yeah, I'm having that problem. Damn. Uh, He's not um, playing now. He wasn't damn.: No, he just moved teams. That's why I'm trying to remember who he is.
6: It yeah. will hey, come to us. Awesome. He'll,
3: he'll, yeah, it will come to me.
6: Yeah, I'm not gonna, um, I'm not gonna draw into more. But yeah, we are definitely after another, another left back. I'm sure, and like I say, we can pretty much start planning for. Hey, uh, do I nearly say? It? I'm not gonna say it. I'm sure that the plans are for for both eventualities. Three, three more points. Three more three points. More, three more points. Then we'll start All talking right. about planning for next season. Right? let's leave that for now. Okay, brilliant. Um, that'll be it. Thank you for listening and thank you for contributing. We really do appreciate it. Um, obviously if you're listening on the podcast then why not listen live next week and uh, you can do that on holradio.net you can listen live using the player there or you can uh, listen on hmm, let's see tune in radio app that's available on android and the uh, iphone software ios uh, or you can download, download the wonderful eagles rbs app um, it's a small fee for that but that contains loads and loads of palette information including a live a link to listen to us live and to download our podcast so to get involved and um hmm, i've just noticed some interesting writing on the search road. no i'm not going to read that out let's leave that there um so yeah thank you very much next week ben is going to be hosting um because i'm busy although he's going to be hosting anyway and uh he's got alex stewart and tony uh, apparently it's the earlier time of seven o'clock again not too sure why that is but That'll be it, so join us again 7 o'clock Sunday. Thank you, cheerio, bye.
5: Hang on, we're, uh, we've really fucking dumbed down here, haven't we? How do you mean? Because you know, our audience thick. Was it? Crystal Palace have scooped the second consecutive performance of the week award. hmm The Eagles have landed the prize for the second Next. week in a row. Well, what the fuck does consecutive mean, then? <laughs> for fuck's sake. What, Nick? Nick, you're really angry. Have you been drinking again?
6: I don't like it when you... No, drink I,
5: haven't, your... I haven't been drinking. Oh, right, okay. I was going to say. Right.
6: I'm going to have drink. one at five, too. Yeah, you, sh- you should do. Just to relax you.